Hey everybody, Rob Cicernino getting ready for the first live know-it-alls here in Survivor 30. Before we get to tonight's show, I've got a quick promo for another show coming up here on Podcast One. It's the American Crime Podcast, which is going to be the podcast around the new ABC drama premiering next week on Thursday night, American Crime. So check out the promo for the American Crime Podcast. And then first, Survivor Know-It-Alls of the season on Rob Has a Podcast. From the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave comes television's most extraordinary new dramatic series. Starting Thursday, March 5th, watch American Crime live at 10, 9 central on ABC. Then tune into the American Crime Podcast hosted by me, Elvis Mitchell. Each week, we'll have a candid conversation with show creator John Ridley, plus show talent, character storylines, and more. Go to podcastone.com slash American Crime to subscribe now. The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they want the game a million times. Well, actually, they didn't really win the game at all. Survivor no way it Yes, that's right. The Survivor Know-It-Alls are back. Season 30, Stephen Fishback, can you believe it? Wait, are we on? Are we live? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Wow! What a way to start season 30. (laughs) Blindside. Um, Blindside podcast. That's amazing, Rob. Exciting episode. I'm so excited to see you. This is really the only way we hang out. So uh, Survivor for me is an opportunity to hang out with you. Are you standing podcasting? Uh, it's a mystery. Yeah. What do you think? It looks like you're standing, which I hear is great for, uh, you know, your lumbar spine. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe that mystery will be revealed at some point in this podcast tonight. Steven Fishback, we are here live. It's Survivor 30. Episode number one is in the book, Survivor Worlds Apart. You and I have been worlds apart since our last podcast. I don't think we've actually spoken since we hung up on the last know-it-alls call, but here we are. That's it. We give it our all in every podcast. <laughs> we have nothing left to give. Nothing left to suck after the uh, after the no- last know-it-alls. And here we are. We're back, uh, ready to start another season live after each episode of Survivor. And Stephen Fishback, we are just two weeks away from our next face-to-face meeting live Crazy. Coming to you from the Gotham Comedy Club two weeks from tonight for uh, Live Know-It-Alls number two. Sold out. Sold out the big room this time. Last time when I walked into uh, to, uh, the, the, the Gotham Comedy Club, they, some bouncer was like, who here is for the Survivor show? And I was the only one to raise my hand. This time it's going to be everybody. I mean, last time it was, we, had, we had a sold out. We sold out the small room last time. We sold time. out you the small over. room, but I was upstairs and they were just trying to like redirect the one or two of us who were in the wrong room. This time we've sold out the big room, which is big. Yeah. So that's yeah. yeah, by definition, the big yeah. room is big. Yeah. So uh, we have a lot to do here. Very excited to be back here after a very fun premiere. 90 minutes uh, in the books. We watched it live. And uh, I'm sure we're going to get into everything, white collar, blue collar, no collar along the way. 
Uh, let's just set up what we're going to do here tonight. If this is your first uh, Survivor Know-It-Alls, welcome aboard. Uh, we've got the chat room going here on robhasawebsite.com. Uh, we take your tweets with hashtag RHAP and then also on our YouTube channel at robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube. Uh, I am going to uh, not only talk to Stephen Fishback tonight, I will be speaking with the latest person, the first person wow. kicked off of Survivor. Say it ain't so, Stephen. Oh my gosh. Truly one of the worst lies. And the best part about that terrible lie is they planned it. I mean, we'll <laughs> talk about that in a minute. Uh, but but she has to be one of the worst liars in the history of the show. That was. Uh, you think she was a good liar, a bad liar, or neutral? <laughs> She, you know, there are a lot of caveats to my thoughts about this, but I would have to say just, just horrible. Yes. All right. So, uh, I will be speaking with so, and I, I think I might have to let so know that maybe it was, uh, the universe is telling her she should not be playing survivor. I think yeah. that the universe is trying to stop her in whatever way it can from getting her, uh, past day four of survivor, whatever, yeah. Whatever roadblocks they can put in its in her way. Have there been other roadblocks other than being bad at it? Uh, well, that she was uh, she went out there for Survivor 29. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes, her and her sister were the pair that got cut from Survivor 29. So uh, something it keeps getting in her way. Wow, what did they get cut? It's terrible. What did they get medical? Cut? Medical is like RC and her dad. Oh wow, that's so interesting. So interesting. So so interesting. <laughs> oh All right, so I will speak with so, and then Stephen, we get start our regular recap podcast. I'm going to do it every Thursday, mm. the whole way through these marathon podcasts that I make on Thursday. Yeah, you make long. You make long podcasts. I make long podcasts. Hey, people have long commutes, Stephen. No, I, you know what? I love a long podcast. You know, you get immersed. You get like a back and forth. Mertz, oh, that's oh, a different. Oh, show. You get immersed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, who's who's your guest? All right, the reigning Miss. Survivor in her first act as Miss Survivor, Natalie Anderson will appear oh, wow. on the That's podcast. Awesome. That's Maybe really we can get some Nadia action too to talk about first boots on Survivor. Wait, so who won? Can you brief me on who won the, the Mister and Miss? Well, Miss, I know uh, Natalie. So last won. night we crowned Natalie as Miss Survivor and Spencer Bledsoe. Uh, they said wow. he had zero chance. Spencer wow, has zero chance. But he did it. He did, he did it. it. Wow. Reading Mr. Survivor. So I will speak with Natalie Anderson uh, in her first act as Miss Survivor on Thursday. And then I will be taking your voicemails uh, with Josh Wiggler, uh, of course, uh, who, who uh, is an authority on Survivor, uh, does uh, all sorts of Survivor content for Parade Magazine. Of course, my partner on The Evolution of Strategy, a 30 season rewatch of Survivor, Stephen. So unbelievable uh, that you guys are doing that. Get your voicemails in. Get your voicemails in for Josh and I. Rob is a website.com slash voicemail or 323-282-RHAP. Uh, that's all coming up Thursday. Uh, just make sure you're locked in, everybody. We've got about uh, literally uh, 4,000 podcasts coming out for Survivor Worlds Apart this season. So go to Rob is a website.com uh, slash iTunes or click the app. podcast tab. There's uh, an app. Yeah, or get, or get the Rob has, Rob has a podcast app available for Android or iOS devices. Rob is a website.com slash app. Okay, Stephen, let's get into this tonight. And our top story at this hour, uh, you knew that you just knew that the white collar tribe was going to this first tribal council, right? Well, out of the gate, you know, they look actually pretty strong. I, I, I didn't know necessarily out of the gate that they were. You felt like out of the gate, this was the worst tribe. I just felt like this is so survivor that the right. tribe, like yep. just like the brains tribe is going to go to the first tribal council, yep. whatever tribe is sort of set up to be like the Smart. villains of the group. Yep. They are going to go to the 
tribal council. Ironically, uh, the heroes went to the first tribal council. It's where heroes versus villains. But most times, whatever tribe is sort of set up to be the tribe that we're not supposed to <laughs> be rooting for, that's the tribe that's going to your first tribal but there council. But is, there is a thing with like the tribe that is least going to get along, right? And that was true of the heroes. It was all these like big, macho, alpha dudes. And like they were never going to really get along well with each other. Like They had that problem throughout the whole season. Like, who's the leader? And I think maybe that was true of the white collar too, right? Like everyone thought they were sort of the executive and no one could be the, uh, the laborer. Yeah. I will say that the white collar tribe got along with each other much better than we probably would have anticipated. Uh, yeah. Just sort of like in the brains tribe, it was sort of every man for himself uh, or every woman for herself. In this tribe, it really wasn't the case. They seemed to have pretty good chemistry. Uh, they just sort of uh, fell apart on uh, the puzzle. Steven, as a puzzle expert, um, 50 pieces is a lot. But that said, like the way that Probst pitched it, right, was these three puzzles are the same amount of time. I don't believe that. Looking at that puzzle, that 50 piece puzzle looked like it was much harder than the other. I mean, there was just more to do and it was challenging. There was a visual component to that 50 piece puzzle. I mean, just given those choices, 50 is a gimme, 10 is going to be hard. Five is going to be really hard. I might choose the 50 gimme and just hope for speed. But looking at it, it was not a gimme. Yeah. Steven, as the puzzle expert, you say go with the 50 if you are if if you have a lead like the white collar tribe did. I mean, I would have said that. Now seeing what I saw, I would not say that. The other thing is that, I mean, you know, the the blue collar tribe saw the no caller tribes finished puzzles. So uh, they had a, a giant advantage in that they could look at a model of how to complete it. Yes. Would you have taken the five piece puzzle if you were out there? Uh, no, that would terrify me. Those five piece ones are always impossibly hard, right? Yeah, but it was just supposed to be a square. You would think, uh, I mean, I'd like to get my hands on it. Like, yeah. it's not like it was like a five piece puzzle of a shape you never saw before. Yeah. You have a young child. Does he do five piece puzzles? <laughs> uh, he doesn't really get the puzzle. He could sort of he could stack things, but uh, he doesn't really get the puzzles. Right. Um, yeah, I really thought the 50 piece puzzle was going to be like, you know, that thing like where they make the, it's just like the numbers like one to 100. Yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly. what I thought the 50 piece puzzle was going to be. But it actually looked kind of complicated. It looked there was a visual. It, it looked as hard as the other two puzzles. And also there were many, many more pieces. That said, Shireen did a terrible job. I mean, oh, no. at least from the edit, it looked like she did four pieces in the time that Max did 40. You know, I mean, she really did a bad job. Yes. Okay, so we get to our first tribal council, and yeah. it was going to be uh, So versus Carolyn. That was sort of set up in the narrative. Are you surprised Carolyn did not play the Hidden Immunity Idol? I was surprised. I was even thinking, like, Carolyn, whether or not you go home, you should play the idol. You are not that certain. But I'm on the fence about that because ultimately in Survivor, what makes you a good player, what gets you to the end, is your ability to read people. And Carolyn, we've seen this episode, is a pretty good read of people. So if she had such a good read that she was sure that she had her four votes locked up, then, you know, it's the right move. Yeah, it's always the right move if you don't play the idol and you don't go home. But I just am of the mind like that's you know, very results oriented thinking, Rob. That's not necessarily it's not necessarily the case that just because the results are right, that the, that the thinking was right. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Play the idol. Just no matter what. Just say, hey, well, let me just uh, get it out there. I'm, I'm feeling 50-50. Uh, let me play the idol. I'd and rather... they're like literally talking about her. Like, so is literally saying, yes, we are voting you out tonight. You know that at least two of those six votes are coming your way. Are you that sure of the other three people? 
Yeah. Well, it was really just two other people. I mean, are you that sure about Max and Tyler? And right. Tyler was talking up how great So was in the challenge. And yeah. Max is talking about how he'd be such a good liar. <laughs> so, I mean, those two pieces of, of evidence uh, would make me very suspicious. I think I would have played the idol. I know she was right to, you know, it worked out for her. But I think I would have been uh, nervous enough that my name is coming up. I would have played that idol no matter what. Idols are not like... Day. Yeah, I mean, people might like overestimate the value of the idol, right? How often is the idol actually played? It's useful as an alliance tool, which it seems like she's already used it for with Tyler. Um, play the freaking idol if there's a shot you're going home. But but uh, that was a weird tribal council. Everyone really was, was so incredibly honest with each other. That was what was most surprising to me, Rob, is that people were like, here's my alliance and here's who we're voting for. You, you don't see that. You don't see it very often. And I saw people on Twitter were saying it was shades of Garrett. What so did uh, she basically <laughs> outed her alliance of four people and said, OK, well, Carolyn, you're going home. The four decided on it. And uh, Carolyn was like, OK, well, what, what's this about? And yeah, I'll tell you about the four. And it's me, Joaquin and Tyler and Max. And it looked like for a second, Max was getting caught up that he was playing both sides. Um, well, but yeah, then Carolyn said it's me, Shereen and Max. Yeah. Yes. So we, we would see if maybe this is going to create problems for Max down the road of like, hey, who are you really with? As, as far as uh, if Joaquin, um, I don't know if you need to worry about Joaquin uh, too much, but I thought this was a really, really interesting uh, thing to come up at the tribal council. And then, uh, as you mentioned, Carolyn is outing her three. Well, the crazy thing then is that Carolyn says to so. You told me point blank that we that you weren't voting for me. And so says, yes, that's right. Everyone told me to lie to you. Like, what? what a strange, like, just like peeling back of the layers of deception of this game. Like, it was just like so it was so blunt and honest in this very strange way. Yeah. And I'll add to that when Max talked about yeah. the lie that, you know, everybody just sort of outed what was going on. You know, first Shireen outed the whole thing with Joaquin and so and talked about how, look, this isn't adding up. Uh, I've seen 30 seasons of this show. I, I think that they have the hit clue to hidden immunity. I don't. So I was like, well, you know, I didn't really want it to come out this way. Yeah. Uh, and Max says, yeah, I would have done the same thing as what they did, but I would have been a better liar about it. So everybody is really just like, here's my cards, everybody. Yeah, it was, you know, and I, I actually since since Cochran, I've thought that's actually a pretty good strategy is to go out there and say, here's my strategy. That's basically what Cochran did, right? He wasn't as transparent as these people. He wasn't like, here are, he was actually my lie. He wasn't as translucent as these people. Uh, here's here's my lie, and here's my alliance. And but he would like talk through his game thinking overall. Um, but but uh, not not as effective when you're literally saying my alliance of these people have told me to lie to you because we are voting you out. Yeah. Steven, do you feel like is this an evolution of the game? I mean, for the most part, you have people here who uh, seem like they know the game uh, particularly well in, you know, uh, Max and Shireen. Carolyn talked about how, you know, she sees things on, on the show. I believe Tyler has seen the show quite a bit. Really, only Joaquin is the only person from this group that doesn't uh, seem like they know the show at all. Do you think that there, this is something new that's developing? It's an interesting idea. The idea that like people it's everything is so meta and there's such an assumption that people are lying and an assumption that people are playing the game and building alliances. Maybe they're all going to be out there. I mean, I guess it's a thing we can wait and see. Do you agree with the decision to vote out? So over Carolyn, 
Um, I mean, agree with it from whose perspective, right? Like, I agree with it from, from Karen's perspective. Yeah, I guess uh, it would probably be from the perspective of, you know, I almost feel like when Carolyn shows Tyler that she has the idol, it's almost like he's the swing vote as Max set it up. It yeah. all depends on what the big man is going to do. Yeah. And I guess unless he was just trying to flush the idol, I feel like that decision is made for him at that point. Yeah, when he knows that she has the idol. Um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, if it is, you know, truly Max, Shireen, Carolyn versus Joaquin and so, um, what wouldn't, wouldn't it behoove Tyler to, to sort of join Joaquin and so just from a purely numerical perspective and vote out one of Max, Carolyn? I don't know. It's, it's hard because, because presumably there will be a swap at some time. You have to think about that. I think that so the question is, did Tyler make the right move? I think Tyler probably made the right move. I think he entered an alliance where he's probably more valued, where he'll he can have, he can build stronger connections, um, and where he'll be more uh, more dominant. But like you know, Joaquin and So clearly had almost like too tight a thing from the get go. Are you surprised that none of the guys were on the table? I know it seemed like just from immediately after they lost the challenge, everybody was talking about like, well, it has to be a woman tonight. Yeah. So I guess that narrows it down to it's either Carolyn versus. So, I mean, we've seen tribes before get rid of a strong guy or a male player early on in a uh, six person tribe before um, even strapping guys uh, such as myself. So, Stephen, uh, are you surprised that the men weren't even considered for uh, going out or first? Well, it is. You know, it looks like at least on this tribe, you have three really big guys, and you know, Carolyn and uh, Shireen don't look that athletic. Um, so I'm not surprised. You know, I think that like you know, when you are thinking with tribes of six, you you know that they're really you know numbers advantages are going to be razor thin. You want to keep your numbers. I would I would keep the big guys too. And one of the other big strategic things that came up in the episode tonight was this idea, which we talked about how badly it worked out with Joaquin. And so um, was the take the hey, clue to the idol or to uh, take the quote unquote bigger bag of beans? Um, it, we saw how it ended up not really working out so great for so and Joaquin. But well, was yeah, it the, was it the decision that was bad or was it the execution of it? I mean, I think it's bad. I think that I think the decision is like a 60 40 decision. Personally, I, you know, I think that the right decision in this case is you take the bag of beans, you take the, the, the big bag of beans and tell the truth. Uh, you know, I think it's too that backfired, too, for the blue collar tribe. Well, I think that there's a way. Right. I mean, first of all, it's dangerous to take deceive because two other tribes have have this option you don't know how what's going to come up at the next challenge. You know, you don't know if Jeff Probst is going to say, Hey guys, you were presented with a choice. What choice did you sit? Did you choose? You don't know if one of the other tribes is just going to shout it out and try at the next challenge. Hey, we chose, you know, did, did you guys choose truth? Like what were you, what was your choice? So I think it's, it's, it's a pretty dangerous, uh, I think it's pretty dangerous. Not only that, the uh, deceive bag is a tiny little bag of beans. Like it's basically asking, uh, you know, it's begging the tribe to ask the question of like, what was the other choice? It's begging them to kind of interrogate uh, what she did. So and Joaquin could not have made a worse decision here uh, in terms of choosing to deceive, lying about it terribly, and then not even finding the idol. Like they really screwed the pooch. Um, but, but uh, it, is there a way to tell the truth and not look bad? Like, 
Well, the whole thing that happened on the Blue Collar Tribe was Mike and Dan yeah. went over and they right. actually picked the, you know, honesty. Honest. And they went back and they told everybody, is the mistake in telling everybody about the choice? Because is people's natural instinct on Survivor is to believe you're lying, even if you're telling the truth? Like, are, are you screwed by even mentioning, hey, everybody, I just want to let you know I had a choice? Yeah, I think as soon as you mention deception, people are going to like it's, it puts the idea of deception in their heads. Right. And this is like a similar question to this tribal council question for the white collar tribe. Are people being too honest now for whatever reason? Are people being too transparent about the game they're playing and about the different options that are available to them? Because ideally on Survivor, the best lies are kind of the truth, but also just like twisted a little bit. So when you yeah. come back and you tell the truth, are people saying, OK, well, what was the real story? Just like with the white collar tribe was able to suss out where the neutral uh, was not a real option there. It's almost like when the blue collar guys came back and talked about the choice that was made, everybody else was saying, OK, well, let's suss out what was really going on here and are assuming that they're lying because the bag of beans wasn't big enough. I mean, the thing is, right, as soon as you've elected to separate yourself in any way by being a leader, by making a choice, people are going to look at that as an opportunity to target you. Whether or not it's fair, there's no question that no matter what you do, people will say they screwed us. They made the wrong decision. They're lying to us. They're cheating us because you have stepped out, because you are in the spotlight and people in Survivor are scared. They're looking for a way to make bonds with each other and target you. And it's especially true if you have a bond, right? You're shown to be two instead of one. It's almost more dangerous. You've got Mike and Dan. You've got So and Joaquin. You know, you've got these pairs on a six person tribe, it's very easy for other people to say those two are scary, right? So yeah. I think that there's almost no good solution there except to not be the one to Max to Max's point, not be the one making that decision. You know, I talked about this in the podcast that I had done with uh, David Bloomberg uh, last week, where in a group of six, when you're two right off the bat, is it advantageous to be in the two because now you just need to recruit Right. One or two One. more people to have a voting block or are you worse off to be in the two because it, it maybe fosters the four other people against you? Just in my own personal experience from Survivor All-Stars, Rob and Amber get together. Right early on day one, boom. And then the rest of everybody else starts falling in line around them. We saw right. the opposite happen here with So and Joaquin tonight, where those two are together in a tight two and it almost bonded the other four people against them. Because they were lying, though. I mean, because they came out of the gate and were like transparently lying to people. I mean, what happened on uh, the Philippines? I mean, the Philippines was different because you had these tribe leaders. So that sort of like put a weird spin on it where you did kind of have that one person who was the who was the target. You know, I mean, it, you know, with Angie and Malcolm, right? Like people wanted Angie out because she was seemed to be Malcolm's cuddle buddy. Yes, uh, that's true. That was a, li a little bit of a different uh, scenario, too, that Zane, <laughs> crazy Zane was already out. And I believe also uh, the great Roxy also uh, was out second yeah, in yeah. that season. So right. Angie was uh, was still around for a little bit. So she made it through the group of six. Uh, but uh, interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Now, with Mike and Dan yeah. in the Blue Collar Tribe, let's shift over to them for a little yeah. bit. Um, they came back and we mentioned about how people uh, were questioning. It was uh, Sierra and Lindsay uh, were the two people that were calling th those two, out, at least in their own private conversation about are they buying into that theory? Do you think that Mike and Dan are set up well where they can then pull people into their 
to some plus whoever, or do you think that the other four people will align against them? I mean, it sure looks like the latter's happening, right? Who's aligning with Mike? And nobody likes Dan, right? And Rodney's Why already. Why not? He can of, juggle. He can juggle. But You're, he, you you know, like juggling. He's. I do love juggling. You know me very well. Yeah. But he is going to break the bamboo. Bamboo is hollow, Rob. <laughs> I guess so. That that is the stupidest decision I've ever heard. This idea that you know you think that Dan could could get in. That is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. Um, I didn't like eating the scorpion. The scorpion was, uh, I mean, I was in that position kind of where you're like, I'm on Survivor, I'm going to eat a bug. But yeah, 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 yeah. The scorpion is poisonous. Like, yes. You know that. Why? Just because you cut off the tail doesn't make it less poisonous. Yeah, that's one of my pet peeves when people have to start eating bugs on day one. It's like, I'm on Survivor, I'm going to eat bugs. Just because uh, you're squeamish and you're scared of bugs, you know, don't, don't, you know, belittle the look, rest of Steven, us. Look, Stephen, I was in a uh, gross food competition. I've eaten yeah. the bugs. Uh, yeah. So I know what it takes to eat the bugs. And I know you don't need to eat the bugs on day one. Yeah. So stop with eating the bugs on day one, Survivor. Yeah, you it, probably, you were on beach seasons with coconuts and things. You know, some of us have suffered in our lives. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, that's me. Uh, that's me. I'm a regular uh, coconut vendor. You're um, a coconut bandit. Let's uh, talk about the No Collar Tribe because yeah. uh, what great fun this group has turned out to be. And really, all of the drama surrounds Vince and I really enjoyed Jen on this episode. I thought she gives great confessional. I think yeah. she would be very fun to watch uh, this season. And how about this survivor love triangle, wow. which is developed uh, between uh, Vince and Jen and Joe. So amazing. So amazing. No, so this, is on the other group. Is like, this is, <laughs> this is Jen. Amazing. Jen, Jen, Jen. Amazing. Vince is just like this over attached boyfriend who is, I mean, first of all, like if you just watched where his eyes were flicking, you know, every time the camera cut to him when he was talking to Jen, like he could not look at her in the face. Yeah. Cause he was looking at her in the boobs. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. He was looking at her coconuts. Yeah. He was, he was a coconut vendor <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just some of the creepiest moments truly in survivor history, the great Joe Reed, uh, very, uh, you know, successful blogger, uh, commented like, is he the creepiest contestant in survivor history? Mm, I think I played with, uh, maybe the, one of the creepier contestants in survivor history. Rudy. Uh, That's so rude. Rudy. Ah, uh, you know, uh, watch it <laughs> fish back. I know people. And so, uh, no, I think there's probably been way creepier people than, uh, than Joe. I think we think so. Right. No, not so. I wouldn't say so. <laughs> not so it's not so <laughs> yeah but i mean you know for so many reasons uh this is gonna work out much better for us in terms of doing this show <laughs> but that being said i i did find that the vince stuff was absolutely uh amazing is vince the first one out of the no collar uh tribe steven um, I, you know, I actually kind of think that they're putting, like, they're suggesting Joe might be the first one out for what, you know, I think they're going to like, I mean, Vince would be the obvious one, right? All, they are all ailed out by him, but for whatever reason, like, I feel like Vince is getting the full, like, my, I'm going to like have a vendetta against Joe and sabotage him. I, my hope is that it's, I mean, my hope is that Vince stays actually, right? Cause Vince is gold. Yeah. Vince is gold. And I hope that he sticks around because Joe was really good. I thought that I like Joe, Joe yeah. winners edit, Steven. I mean, he had, the thing is, it's like two per, I can't, you know, I can't go down this path, but, but I would say that 100% Joe is going to win this season. Now, any question. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, all right, let's talk, talk to me about uh, some other standouts that you had tonight. I want to talk about awkward hug gate still more. Like that was was that not the most was that was, that was so uncomfortable. Yeah, that was so bad. Everything about that was re- was really really bad. And um, it just was like truly like the you know the overattached boyfriend. Well, I want you. You know, she's like I'm I'm into this. I'm committed to you. She's like I, you know I. I want to believe that, but I'm just not seeing it from you. I'm just not seeing the commitment from you. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm committed. Well, I'm going to need a hug. And it was so creepy and manipulative and terrible. It was just, it was, it was television gold. Yeah. Steven, what's with the hashtag uh, lack of the hashtag drought that we're seeing on Survivor? Shouldn't oh, no Hulk Survivor. No, yeah. That good call. Yeah, what's up with that? I feel like this if this was season 27, uh, we would have gotten a, a hashtag there. Like, what would the hashtag have been for uh, for that moment? <laughs> That's awkward. Hug gate. Hug gate? Uh, but you think that'd be uh, tough you to You don't spell? think like hug meltdown or something? <laughs> hug meltdown? <laughs> that would know. be good. Yeah. yeah. I think we need to maybe as we're watching the show, I think we need to call out what the hashtags are. I think we yeah. need to have some sort of uh, official hashtag that people can use so we all know what we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. I got to you know uh, be faster on the hashtag creation during the episode. But yeah, but the, Jen was caught in a tough spot I was thinking I was, I was watching that point in the episode because she's in that spot where it's like, Hey, do you, are you in the Alliance with me? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. what are you talking about? Of course, yeah. of course I'm into you. Of course. What do you mean? Well, it was so weird when Vince was like, are you attracted to him at all? Like, you don't even find him remotely attractive. Like what a strange remark to make. Like, does Vince know that he's making these insane remarks on like day two to a girl about that? He's just met. Like, he yeah. thinks they're dating, right? He really thinks they're dating. Think they're dating. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Jen did a great job of, of diffusing it. Well, that's the thing about Survivor. It's sort of like it's a little bit of like on being in a car accident where it's just like you could just like, boom. OK, now all of a sudden you're stuck in a very confrontational situation with a total stranger. Yeah. And now it's like, here you are. You're stuck with this person. And now he's like he thinks you're an item. And now you got to talk your way out of it. Um. Yeah, it's uh, and it, you know it, that really is like one of the you know it's funny to see people how how much better they become at it throughout the season where early on people are a little bit uncomfortable with lying and a little bit uncom you know they, I mean my one of my favorites was Joaquin's lie where like Carolyn asks him like who are you voting for and he 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 tries to like sort of talk around it in this weird way where he's like I made up my mind I'm a rock. I'm voting for who I'm voting for. And Karen's like, well, what does that mean? He's like, then he like gets it like, oh, I'm not voting for you. But like, it takes him a minute to get there, you know? Yeah. I felt like the natural follow-up question was, well, who are you voting for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Why? think at that point, Carolyn knew the fact that they couldn't look at her in the <laughs> eye and were shuffling their feet and were like, uh, you know, I'm voting for someone, you know me. Yeah. Um, I think that was, I mean, I think there was no follow-up question necessary. Yes. Um, Steven, uh, what was your first impression, uh, Max Dawson, the survivor player tonight? I thought he was great. He did a great job out of the gate. I mean, the problem was a little bit, he seemed to be, you know, with a little bit of like the, I would lie really well stuff. And, you know, somebody, it seemed like he was trying a little bit hard, but you know, I mean, he's been, you know, super fan of the show for so long that I can get, I get that idea of like out of the gate, someone like really wanting to, uh, you know, to just to like kill it out of the gate. I mean, it's dangerous though, right? Like you saw that with RC in her season where RC was like, you know, chomping at the bit so hard that she just overplayed. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a natural thing that, you know, you've watched the show for so long. You want to be out there so bad. You want to be memorable. You want to make a big first impression. 
Um, I do think that Max ended up with a very soft landing uh, with this group. He has yeah. uh, some fast allies. Uh, he looks like he's in good with Shireen, in good with Tyler. Um, and I think he's in a good spot here in this group. I mean, really, he's the one who had alliances with everybody, right? Like, as so pointed out, like, she was with Max, Shireen was with Max, Carolyn is with Max. Max is the one who has those alliances across the board. It's a great position to be in on day, you know, day three. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. Uh, let's uh, just quickly go through uh, anybody else that uh, made a memorable debut. Yeah. Uh, I like Tyler a lot. I really like Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. I thought that in that tribal council where everybody was like telling the truth, Tyler was the only one who was like picking his words carefully. You know, he was the only one who wasn't playing for the cameras or wasn't, you know, being insanely honest or he was the one who was playing for the people. And, you know, he, he made that, to your point, he made that remark about soap. She's a great, you know, challenge performer. You know, when, when Probst asked him a question about, like, the dissension in the tribe, he's like, the real enemies are the other two tribes. You know, he was making political comments. He's, uh, I thought, you know, in his, some of his pregame stuff, I was worried that he was kind of going to be a little bit, he was going to try hard to be a villain. I actually was, like, really delighted that he sort of took a step back a little bit. It's happy to kind of hang back, you know, manage to suss out Carolyn, manage to get her to admit that she had an idol to him. Uh, he's the one everyone is going to to find out what he's up to. I think that's a great position to be in for him, and he's playing it perfectly. What was your take on Rodney after one episode? I mean, yeah, that that whole thing. Like, did his sister die? I mean, I think that it would go pretty far to put the tattoo on uh, if that was not the case. Right, sure. but that's like, I mean, but it isn't it even worse that it's like, he's like, well, I've got this story about my sister being killed. Well, so I, I'm going to use that to emotionally manipulate I, I people. I think what he was saying there, I, I don't think it was necessarily that I'm going to manipulate uh, because I think he said that I know that story gets women to open up to me. Right. And I'm going to use that. Not necessarily. I mean, for, he, didn't, he didn't say it in like a sad, oh, my God, I've lost someone close to me. But I felt like he didn't also say it. And then I'm going to manipulate people right. with this. I think he just says, I know that is a way that I can get women to open up. I, I, I was getting shades of Venus out of that. I mean, you shades seem, of Venus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 50 shades of Venus. <laughs> 50 shades of Venus is what I was getting from Rodney. Um but but uh you know i thought he he's got charisma obviously mm-hmm. yeah what do you yeah, think what do you think of rodney well i'm just i feel very vindicated in that i pounded the table pounded my fist on the table to say i saw i, I saw a, a so man's happening with so and oh, joaquin wow. uh and i was right on the money with that and i also said that i would see a rodney and Lindsay thing happening and I think Nicole and maybe Corinne said, no way, no way, that's not happening. And I'm right on the money on that. I, yeah. am, I am my I am uh, right on it. I'm like Cupid with these survivors this season. You're like the, the Jeff, the Cupid, the Jeff Probst of Cupid's. No, I see that, Rob. yes, yes. I'm locked in with uh, picking out all of the couples. Who is that? Who, who what, what voice was that? Nicely done, Rob. That's Jeff Probst. Nicely done, Rob. Yeah. What's that from? <laughs> Survivor San Juan del Sur finale. Is that from Survivor Amazon? No, it was yeah. from this from Survivor San Juan del Sur finale. All right, uh, Stephen, uh, you you ready to get into some questions? I'm always ready. Wait, is there anyone else? Dan, we should talk about Dan, right? What do we think about Dan? Besides, think about Dan? besides the natural juggling, I think Dan is taking the blue collar thing a little too seriously. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not digging the survivors, and I think that in uh, the white collar tribe. I think that it's Carolyn. 
Uh, I think that she's the person on that tribe. And then maybe and it Max. Might, it, it might, well, it might have been Will on the no collar tribe. The person that's like, so every time yeah. they talk, they've got to mention about what collar. Oh, we're the, you know, we're the uh, white collar people that we have meetings. We do this. We do this. Uh, it's but like, you know, this is, you were being, they were being asked those questions, right? And like, they were really like that, that, that point was getting hit home hard. You know, everything, everyone on the white, on the white call, Joaquin had one, Max had one, Carolyn had one, like everyone on the, so had one. I'm an executive. So I yeah. like, to like, see, I mean, you but know. in two episodes, those tribes aren't are going to be gone. So just let's, uh, you know, don't marry yourself too much to do you uh, change the tribe, tribe names will have something to do with collars. <laughs> yes. They're going to, yes. When blue collar popped collar. No, it'll blue be if, uh, if blue and white collar, they'll be like the periwinkle collar. Oh, yeah. uh, and if it's blue and no collar, it's sort of like a flesh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that would be. I like I like popped collar and V-neck collar. Those are my those are the ones I'm V-neck is blue collar or is white collar mixed with no collar. Yeah, that's a strong uh, collar take. Yeah, it's like the Tyson Apostle of collars. Yes, he's Tyson uh, does the V-neck collar. Well, yeah, he really does. Yeah. Um, all right. Stephen, I, I want to get to some questions. If you've got questions for us about tonight's episode, use hashtag RHAP or uh, post them on this YouTube video if you're watching us live at robinswebsite.com slash YouTube. By the way, Stephen, uh, yeah. the CBS All Access app, are you familiar? No. Oh, the CBS has put all 29 previous seasons of Survivor up for digital download as part really? of their cbs uh all access uh, on cbs.com wow uh, it's a it's a premium service you got to pay for it but uh, i've got a code for people if they want to get two weeks free two week free trial uh if you want to watch stephen fishback play in survivor token oh Chains. you don't you, you can't handle that you can handle it you can uh, handle you can, it you probably can't you, yeah. if you can if you can handle it <laughs> Yes, yeah. if you can handle it. There's an offer code. It's uh, SurvivorFan1. That's going to expire sometime tomorrow. Uh, two weeks free if you want to try out the uh, CBS All Access oh, that's app. Cool. Uh, I'll you, definitely try it. What else is available on the CBS you, uh, All Access? Uh, all the seasons of Big Brother and Amazing Race and wow. a, a bunch of other CBS shows. Oh, that's Use awesome. the link, com slash CBS app. com slash CBS app and use the code Survivor fan one. Uh, wow. That's going to expire uh, sometime on Thursday. Okay. Wait, but there's get... one other thing I wanted to talk about was about one of my the Rodney moment where he lies about being a general contractor. We talked in this on this show about how uh, he's a how... cop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, he says he's a furniture mover and he's actually a general contractor. Is that the most pointless lie in the history of the show? Like we talked a lot last or in 28 about how Tony said he was a crook instead of a no. He said he was a general contractor instead of a. <laughs> Rodney's yeah. saying he's what a furniture mover say? instead of a general contractor. Yeah. Um. Did he used to be a furniture mover? He's, yeah, he used to be, but like, what a stupid lie! <laughs> I Truly guess so. one of the stupid. What? Why do you? You're really def- you're scared of Rodney. You're really like defensive no, I'm not about scared, Rodney. I'm scared of Rodney. Um, What's going on with you? I'm and a little Rodney? scared of Rodney. But hey, there's no, something I, I, happening here. I don't think that Rodney is watching this podcast or or anything like that. So I, I'm not particular. He's like waiting outside your house or something. What, no, what's going no, on? No, no. Oh, well, I did order some furniture. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I ordered this chair that I'm sitting in. So yeah. Um, I'm not too scared of uh, of Rodney. I don't think we've uh, done anything that's going to uh, piss him off yet. Not but yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm sure at some point uh, when we start doing Rodney impressions and, and that <laughs> sort of thing. But um, 
That being said for Rodney's lie, I don't know. And you don't know the pecking order of general contractor versus furniture mover. Maybe one of somebody in the comments, maybe some blue collar uh, people in the comment section could let us know the hierarchy of construction worker, contractor, uh, furniture mover, police officer, yeah. firefighter. Could you, if you could rank those things for us in terms of and like, and, and tankerman, tankerman, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would all all be very very good. All right, Stephen Fishback, let's get into some questions here tonight. All right, okay. uh, kick us off, Stephen. Okay, number one question of the season is from Bats Two X. This is the first question of the season, so it's going to set the tone for all future questions. Rob and Stephen, do you see anyone who compares, or do you think? will play like you did in your seasons. What do you okay. think? Now, who could possibly uh, compare will, to us, Rob? The question is, how will Will play this season? Will? <laughs> what? <laughs> do, you think, do you think Will will play like you in your season? <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone, Rob, who compares on this, se- on this season to your season or to you? Someone who you think will play like you? It's hard to say. I don't know if there is somebody uh, who is sort of um, l- like like me. Um, I would say that, or what I what I have said is that I think that Shireen is probably the closest to somebody who is uh, like a Rob Sesternino, and uh, much like a Rob Sesternino, uh, Shireen blew the puzzle in the first episode. <laughs> I like I like Tyler. Uh, you know, I feel like Tyler. He's the you know he cozied up to the woman with the idol. Um, so I'm gonna say Tyler. You know, and Max. You know, he's obviously Max's. There's there's a, there's a Max element there. Sure. Um, Okay, so let's go into uh, this question here. This is from none of your business. Oh, <laughs> how rude. How rude. I'm rooting for Max to win, but why in the world did he say at Tribal Council that he would have lied better had he been in uh, So and Joaquin's position? Shouldn't that send red flags to the other tribe mates? What is he thinking? You know what? I got the sense that it was supposed to be Cochran-esque and that idea of like, we're all playing the game and, you know, we're all being, you know, we're all deceiving each other. Uh, but I agree. Probably not the most uh, politic thing. Yeah, I think he's feeling safe and secure in his position that he can make a comment like that. You know, I think that, uh, you know, if he was pressed on it, I think he could like he left room for himself. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Right. Oh, you guys are so serious. Tribal Council. I mean, he said a couple other flip things that Tribal Council talked about. Uh, Jeff asked him, uh, like, what was your expectations for Tribal Council? And he said, uh, Jeff, my only two uh, wishes were fulfilled by the survivor gods, uh, you know, a wicked downpour uh, and plenty of drama. Um, you know, he made the joke about Tarzan also right. at the tribal council. So I think that he was in a point and had a good enough rapport with everybody that he left room to say, like, kidding. Right, right, right. He got pastored. Yeah, joking. All right. Uh, so- Lance Davis oh, uh, wants to know Would you guys rather suffer from a taco overload or a scorpion overload? Both have similar uh, downside, I think. Yeah, I think I'd rather go tacos than scorpions. Yeah. As long as you keep burping, I guess you're okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Is that true with the scorpion also? I look like it. He is doing something. Yeah. Don't eat the scorpions. Yeah. Don't eat the scorpion. Um, All right. Uh, Nick 2S wants to say, would you like to see more challenges where you have to make a strategic decision uh, in the middle of it? Yeah. This is uh, a great point. I love this from the challenge. Uh, the, the rest of the challenge itself uh, wasn't that exciting, but I love the idea of making a strategic decision during the challenge. This is something that uh, was brought up uh, on the podcast when I spoke with Miles Nye, who is a challenge consultant right. on the show. And he referenced the first challenge from Survivor Palau, which had a great example of this, where 
in the first challenge of Survivor Palau, it was an obstacle oh, yeah. course. And you got to like take food items like, OK, you could take the, you know, take the flint, uh, take a bag of rice, take whatever. But it would slow you down. And uh, Tom and the Karor tribe really just took the, the fire making kit. Yeah. Whereas the Oolong tribe, really, the start of the downfall was that they took a whole bunch of other food items with them. And if you won the challenge, you got to keep whatever you had with you. Um, and so it slowed them down and they ultimately lost. I love when they incorporate strategic decisions yeah. uh, into the challenge. And it really yeah. is fun. They also didn't, they also didn't communicate well in, uh, in Palau, the uh, Oolong no. tribe. Yeah. No, they did not. That was uh, a trademark of the Oolong tribe. I'm sure there's a ton of other examples of times that they've done stuff like that before. So I really uh, liked that they did that. And I liked that they incorporated that the decisions that they had to make were sort of like you knew that they wanted the white collar tribe to take the five piece puzzle. Yeah, and, right, right. Yeah, like the blue collar, like take the, you know, take the the visual puzzle, right? Yeah. Or like maybe the blue collar was supposed to take the hardworking 50 piece puzzle. Yes. The blue collar, it was supposed to be because they're dumb uh, that they were supposed to take the easy puzzle that right. was going to be. But, the, 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 but, but if you did hard work, you would get through it. But the uh, out of the box thinkers and the no, any the no simpleton collar. could do this 50 piece puzzle. Yeah. And it turned out that they, you know, Yahoo executive. Uh, was the person that couldn't do the uh, the hard the easy puzzle. If anyone can be an executive at a, at a big company. <laughs> Is that true? true? Yeah, pretty true. Yeah. Is that true? Um, and so. yeah, even the ten piece puzzle. Jeff kept talking about it, like it, like if you have spatial recognition, uh, if you have creative spatial, you can be able to figure out this puzzle here with ten pieces. Yeah, it was yeah. like the nuggets. Uh, that's that's the decision that I'm faced with when I go through the drive through. Like how creative spatially you can get with your McNuggets. Like, yes. can I assemble the nine pieces into like one giant like chicken nugget? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really the big decision. If it's like, oh, I'm like, uh, man, I'm um, I'm really I'm I'm as hungry as a blue collar person. I should get right. a fifty piece McNugget. Yeah. But you know, uh, like, hey, I'm a free spirit. I want to get a five piece nugget. Uh, the okay. free spirit gets the McFlurry. <laughs> All right, Steve, can you take this question. Backhoff wants to know who's your pick to win. Rob, now that you're the confirmed greatest know-it-all, I won't even ask Steven's pick. His non-greatest know-it-all opinions are like doggy doo-doo. Thanks for making me read this, Rob, and humiliating me. I'm picking Boston Rod. Wow. Yeah, no one asks back off. Know-it-all. Um, Steven, uh, well, I have said in my preseason uh, predictions that I, I picked Shireen uh, to win the pick. But, you know, we don't really get to hear from you in the preseason. So yeah. I'm curious to know, do you have a pick for this season? Not, don't give it to winner's edit or anything like that. What do you pre <laughs> your preseason pick? There's a lot of people with potential winner's edits. Um, I, I didn't really have a preseason pick. I've been trying. I, you know, for a few years, I really got into the preseason content and watched it all. And I thought that I was like over determining my viewing of the show through like obsessive analysis of the preseason stuff. So I'm trying now to you know come into the show like a newborn babe and uh, just be just be touched by the beauty of the uh, the, the show itself. So I could right, truly well, understand the episode one winner pick then. I, okay, the people I like are Jen, Joe, Tyler, Carolyn. Okay. Yes. Uh, you can have like six picks. Fine. I'd it ask Nicole if my I wanted to try to. my odds. Mike? Mike, I Mike too. And I'm waiting to see if there's any other. Uh, I like Tyler and Jen a lot, and Joe, and Carolyn and Mike. 
All right. Uh, let's take a question from Carlos V. 1031. Uh, does so being voted out first solidify the fact you should never go for the idle clue on day one and lie to your whole tribe? Um, what no. are the lessons we could take away from uh, the, the uh, leave, so leaving so soon? Well, if you lie to your whole tribe, don't make the lie terrible. <laughs> That's a good point. That's the number one lesson. Like, well, if Morgan didn't get voted out. Well, actually, no, she had a good lie. That, that was Morgan's lie was great. Yeah. Um, Garrett had bad lies. Yeah, Garrett's lies were terrible. Um, what are the other lessons? Uh, don't if well, this was the big lesson, right? This was the actual lesson. When the tribe seems to be building a consensus, don't go against that consensus. Right? Yeah, I thought one of the things she did poorly was when Tyler came to her. And said, "Well, you know, I guess it's. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She was talking. Was it with Max or Tyler? But oh, oh Matt, no, Max came to her. Yeah, it was Max. And Max immediately actually, selling out his idol, his uh, ally, Shireen. Yes, yeah. yes. And she tried to change it. She got it changed off of Shireen to Carolyn. Yeah. And I wonder potentially yeah. if she would have said, you know what, Max, you're making a lot of sense. I like this plan. Let's yeah. vote. Out, let's vote out Shireen. Now maybe it was Max baiting her and trying to get information. But it seemed like okay." Um, Maybe the fact that Carolyn had the idol, maybe that was a decision that made Tyler ultimately switch because there really was no decision for Tyler once he finds out that Carolyn has the idol and the choice is between the person with the idol or so. Um, unless he just wants to flush the idol. But well, but it seemed that like when when Tyler came over to 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 Carol, though, it didn't seem to be just like he was like digging for information, right? He seemed to like want to be like, "Hey, I like you." Like yeah. he, seemed, it wasn't like he just like ha- she happened to be like, "Oh, I've got the idol." He was he was like, "I want to keep you around, but you're in trouble." Like it seemed to me like he was really starting. To, he wanted to build something with her. Yeah, I really wonder. Had she stuck with Shireen, though, maybe you know, would the tide have shifted? Because it would have been. Her and Joaquin and maybe get, you know, Tyler to, you know, yeah. stick with the strong tribe. And then ultimately, if push comes to shove, does Max end up turning on Shireen there? Right. And is Shireen the first person voted out? Oh, my God. I know. It would have been a very – your your winner pick, first person voted out. Then who who would be the best know-it-all? Not you. <laughs> Certainly not you. Yeah, but we didn't bet on it. I, we, we didn't bet on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's keep going. Uh, but I do think that the lesson is it, that learn from Sandra. Yeah, Sandra, her strategy is anybody but me. If you come to Sandra and say, like, uh, Sandra, what do you think? Should we vote out uh, Shireen tonight? No, 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 not Shireen, Carolyn. Yeah. Like, uh, she's like, okay, that's good. Whatever you want to do. That's right. good. That's exactly I'm right. Born. Anybody but me. I think she could have, uh, you know, it was dangerous, right? She lied to the tribe. She was part of this this duo. She was the weaker of the two. But uh, coming out of the challenge, you know, she probably looked pretty good and, and really might have been uh, That's what Joaquin people. said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, Joaquin very quickly uh, volunteered the "Hey, on my New York uh, honor." Yeah, well, uh, that, I didn't even get that. What was that supposed to mean? Stephen, do you have New York uh, pride on on your love of the city of New York? Uh, it fills you with anger towards people, right? You're constantly being like shoved into tight subways with them, and like hitting them in your commute, and in Times Square, it's just a mass of people elbowing each other out of the way. Like, I never like people less than when I'm in New York. So, uh, yes. what about if you're somewhere else and you see somebody from New York? I mean, I will assume they're going to be elbowing me in the face in <laughs> Times Square someday. My God, get rid of them. Vote yeah. them out of the tribe. I liked Carolyn, too. Yeah. You're from yeah. New York. What do you feel? Yeah. Do you have a New York sense of honor? Yeah, I think that if you are not in New York and you see some and you meet somebody else from New York, like, hey, 
Hey, New York. New York. Is that true of anyone? Like, hey, yeah, blue shirt. You're wearing a blue shirt like me. (laughs) Yes. Um, All right. So uh, let's go to uh, Crystal Palmer, who says, do you expect Vince to be so clingy and aggressive so much for free spirit? Yeah, he wasn't very free spirited. Although free spirit. I do think that, though, sometimes you do get people who are um, sort of like, uh, you know, out there. But that also means that they're crazier also. More well, the attached. thing about like no collar is that it's like people who ba- like basically if you are white collar, blue collar, you're being forced to work with other people. You're being forced to like collaborate, to make compromises, to take orders from bosses that you might not agree with, to manage people who you might, you know, you might have problems with. So in- inherently in those relationships, like you're dealing with people sort of opting out of the system doesn't mean you're better at dealing with people. It actually kind of means you're worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the no collar tribe is going to be very fun. Uh, although I am a little disappointed that I feel like Vince is really the only wacko on the no collar tribe. What about no, the YouTube sensation. He's going to make sandwiches, man. Yeah. Well, why do you keep saying that? Why do you keep saying I'm making sandwiches? Not I'm clear. Making and Jeff is like, uh, Will, what, what do you mean? Like <laughs> I'm making sandwiches. Do you, yeah, think I got, to, do you think like he's always trying to go viral, like trying to imagine like the next crazy viral thing he could do? Yeah. Steven, when, when he says that he, uh, you know, uh, is a YouTube sensation. Yeah. Uh, does that does that annoy you at all? You mean because like I am not a YouTube sensation? <laughs> no, I just feel like that he did not make the video. Is he like PewDiePie? Like he's like the hottest. No, guy no, yeah. it's, not, it's not like like there's no it's not like he has the. Uh, will Sam uh, will make sandwiches YouTube channel? It's <laughs> oh, not like a great YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, if it's not his channel, I feel like he's not a YouTube sensation. Right. What was I, I guess actually, if you met like Charlie bit my finger, right. uh, but, I, but I would imagine like Charlie's dad put the video on YouTube. But Charlie's the sensation. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's the one doing the biting. I don't know, but uh, maybe maybe this is all that Will's gonna like open up like a sandwich chain. That actually, maybe it is, you know, that's like the way to do it. Right. Is to, you know, Will's going to, Will's going to, you know, prove us all wrong. I guess so. Yeah. All right. Um, let's take a couple of questions. Uh, Chris Tutak says, uh, would you consider yourself a filet mignon or steakums? I think that was the sandwich that he was going to make steakums. What? Wow. Uh, I don't even know what steakums is. It's sort of like a, like microwave or like toaster, like Philly cheesesteak. Oh, sounds delicious. It's, well, on paper, but it's, it's probably like the worst thing you could eat uh, in terms of like, it's just like uh, a, you know, microwavable like sandwich. Um, I would choose filet mignon then. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rob Cicino, why didn't Joaquin take any heat for the deceit decision? What did because you think about that? that? He was seen as just being sort of like the big dumb guy, and right. Stowe was seen as sort of like the brains of the operation. Do you think there's any... Um do you think there's any element to that thing that you were saying earlier? Just like that people are being really, you know, just, you know, like they're they're just accepting that they're lying to each other? And they're like, oh, they lied to us. So what? Yeah, I think that Joaquin just got off easy because I don't think he talked uh, too much. I think that So yeah. was the one who was just saying all of these lies. And uh, she was the one that, you know, t- talked probably three or four times more than Joaquin. And plus, Joaquin was uh, probably they deemed him to be uh, physically strong in the challenges, even though So was good at untying knots. So, yeah. So So was the one who came back with that story. And they even had that like scene between her and Joaquin where, where, where So was saying, um, 
you know, or like, is this a good story? And Joaquin was like, well, if you can, if you can sell it, it's fine. Like, it was clearly a terrible story. I mean, do you think Joaquin kind of threw her under the bus? Mm, I don't think he threw her under the bus. I think he kind of thought that she was going to be his right hand woman. Like, I think he's going to be annoyed that she's yeah. not there. Um, Steve, in the chat room, uh, many people in the chat room are saying that it was very white collar of you to not know what stakeums are. Yeah, there's a lot of things. You know, the world is filled with things you're, to you're know. You're coming off very, very know everything. Yes. Yeah. Very I, mean, I am a know-it-all, but I'm the second best know-it-all. <laughs> I would know if I were the first best know-it-all. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steven, this, uh, take this question. All right, the basketball boss wants to know, I had Mike as my winner's pick. By the end of episode one, he shoved a scorpion in his mouth, vomited up the scorpion, and then bombed in the challenge. He had stepped up and won the challenge for blue collar. Should I regret my decision? Hashtag RHAP. Yeah, um, I don't think you should get off of Mike as your winner just because he ate the scorpion. I think that that was just sort yeah. of like a cute and thing. Regret, don't regret decisions. You can't live like that. You know, you got to look forward. Don't look backwards. That's right. Okay. Uh, here's one from Jim Rosario says, uh, where did you rank this first episode? Did it meet Jeff Probst's hype? Now, Jeff did call yeah. this the best. He said he thinks it's the best premiere that they've ever had. I think that in hindsight, I think that might be a bit hyperbolic. Stephen. I, I think this, this is always a problem, right? Where they go out and they hype these seasons and then you come in with such high expectations that there's basically nothing you can do to live up to it. I definitely think we've seen much better premieres. I thought the Heroes versus Villains premiere was better than this. The Caramoan premiere was great, where, where, where Francesca goes home. Um, not that I enjoyed her going home, but just the hilarity of someone getting voted out twice. Yeah, there's a, a couple of really classic, fantastic premieres. I mean, the uh, Philippines premiere, I remember being great. Mm, no? I don't know. I, I'd say maybe this might be better than the Survivor Philippines premiere. I don't um, really remember but, it. The Survivor Pearl Islands premiere, I think that oh, might be yeah. premiere. I mean, this was, I mean, Survivor Token Chains, you know, where the world was introduced to me. There's yeah. so many great premieres. It's, In fairness, it's, I, I think the Survivor Amazon premiere is also uh, <laughs> a, very, a, very, a very good one. Uh, the whole men versus women thing for the first time and Dan Liu falling off the log a uh, hundred times. So um, I don't I think, think this is so, the, yeah. the best premiere. I kept waiting for, I really thought that Carolyn was going to play the idol and I thought that was what was going to uh, put it over the top. So, Stephen, do we potentially think that maybe we've been kept keep hearing this is the great season, fantastic yeah. season, this is the best cast we've ever had, this is the best premiere that we've ever done. So, do we maybe like have like a little bit of a like the questionable like are we scratching our our heads and saying that maybe do we have to re-examine any of this stuff or i think saying the best is a mistake for them i think they, they should go out and be like it's a great season you're gonna like it a lot and then let us be like delighted and surprised and get behind it i think when you go out into the season hearing it's the best it's the best it's the best you get so excited in the lead up and uh it's inherently a letdown and you could argue you know well that's just the this small contingent of people who like you and me were really in this mix. We're hearing this from all sides, you know, the broad mass of people aren't having that, but we're the ones who are hearing it, you know, like don't, don't say it anyway. So my point is uh, I wish the hyper less and we could really like discover the season for ourselves. Yeah. And it was a great premiere. I just don't know if it was number one, if we're ranking them one to third. Yeah. It was really an enjoyable episode. Yeah. Top 10, maybe. 
Who knows? I don't know. I don't. I can't like <laughs> rank the premiere. Like Heroes versus Villains was. I think I already mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah. Kang versus Favorites was a great premiere with the Yao Man and Johnny Fairplay fighting. Yeah. Other and, that was that was good. Uh, better than the Sam Wandel Sir premiere. Uh, that was last season. Yeah. I have no recollection of what happened in that season. <laughs> no idea what happened. <laughs> All right, let's do one more question with Stephen Fishback. Uh, SheMan32, how did Shireen get away with not even getting her name brought up? She's that good. Yeah, she's that good. Yeah. All right, let's do one, one, one more question if we, if we have one. All right, I'm going to read that was a short one. Rodden underscore Rye, Ryan wants to know, I think FY Maxwell means a Tyson Apostle like Blur. All right, well, we're going, we're going there. That was... Uh, Scott St. Pierre's bringing taking us out with a, a blur question. Yeah. Uh, all right, what that um, Stephen? What what's your take on the? Do would you like to see more blurring on Survivor? Was there wait, What was the what, what's the objection? Like, is it's next episode, right? That he's. I don't know. Thinking? Well, I I think that um, but I, I, again, I I watch an East Coast feed, and my picture is uh, is not that good. I I cannot make out uh, who has uh, bulges that need to get blurred. Oh wow, he's got a blurable bulge. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. When that's, I watch when I watch the West Coast version tonight, I'll be able to give you give you a better read on that. Wow, that's I'm not ready for that. Or I, don't know if I want to read on that. Yes. All right. Um, Stephen Fishback, fantastic. Uh, I give you my New York word. Two weeks from tonight, we will be wow. together once again. That's that's so exciting. Yes, it's very, it's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, so hopefully uh, all the New Yorkers uh, will will come out and see us uh, for the sold out. I've show. heard there's a lot of people who are coming out, right? I mean, you know, who knows? They're they're so flaky, but yeah, um, we hope yeah. so. If everybody if everybody shows up who says they're coming, uh, then I'm totally screwed as far as my guest list. But if like the reality factor of like, oh yeah, I'll be there, then uh, then we'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, Stephen, uh, did you happen to catch this week uh, the Survivor Roundtable? I did. I saw it. I saw. Well, I saw a portion of it. Um, it was you and and John Cochran and Parvati and Sandra and uh, Jeff Probst. It was some surprise guests. Yes, it looked like we were going to play reality game masters uh, yeah, again. I was, I was, I was very, very um, excited. You know, seeing Cochran stumble to victory yet again. <laughs> yes, once again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was a very a very fun time. Jeff was in a, a really good mood, and it was it was very very fun uh, to get together with the survivors. You, you haven't seen that. Uh, it's on the Survivor YouTube channel, but it's about a 45-minute video talking about... Wow, that's like an episode of Survivor. Of Survivor. Are, were, were there blind signs? No, only only uh, uh, off-camera. Yeah, it was fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it was a very, very, very fun day, and uh, I was really uh, excited to go and do that. Yeah, and Steven, and then I also went to another Survivor thing that day at the Paley Center. They had a big, um, a big all of the photos that have been taken... Uh, they had like a big uh, like display, like uh, like uh, they have them great on the wall. photography. They have really, really good photography, and the photographers do an amazing job of capturing these moments. Like you don't even like looking back when you look at the season photos, you're like, what that happened? Well, like what like a perfect you know, perfect action shot against yeah. like a beautiful background. Uh, you got to give it up for the, the the cinematography of the show and the photography and just all of the gorgeous shots that go into it. No matter right. what you say about you know whether or not. San Juan del Sur was a terrible season. It's a great, it's a beautifully shot show. You, you liked it by the end. Yeah, I, I you know, John Mish, winner. You were just <laughs> upset that, so, John Mish, yeah. that John Mish didn't win, yeah. uh, but it was very good. All right, Steven, do you have a hashtag to give people from this episode? 
Oh god, what were you we gonna say? It was something um something meltdown? Hashtag um what was it? Like idle meltdown or something? <laughs> no, hug, hug meltdown. Hug meltdown. Yeah, I think hug meltdown is perfect. <laughs> Very good job, Steven. Yeah. Uh hug meltdown. All right, hug yeah. meltdown it is. All right, so we Steven, uh tomorrow morning I'm gonna be talking with So. Wow, that's crazy. So uh yeah, ask her some yes. questions. You know, <laughs> ask her about what she thinks of things. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be so confusing. There was a, literally a point in the episode where I believe Carolyn asked her, so who are you voting for? Uh, and I said, it's never been a more confusing comment on Survivor. All right. And then, of course, we will get to uh, your Miss Survivor and winner of yeah. Survivor San Juan del Sur, Stephen's favorite season, uh, will be joining me on the podcast tomorrow. Great winner, though. Not, bad season, great winner. Right. And we'll get the question thread up on Facebook as well uh, from you guys. Plus, I will be taking your voicemails with Josh Wiggler. Uh, get your voicemails in robinswebsite.com slash voicemail 323-282-RHAP. Steven, who are you yeah. giving a fishy to tonight? Uh, can we talk about this for like just like a, like a second? Let's talk it through. Let's I talk it through. Carolyn? Carolyn right. Fishy. So, so here's my thinking with Carolyn, right? Like she, she susses out what's going on with the idol, then finds the idol. She susses out that her name is on the block, flips the script, not a vote against her. Well, two votes against her, but doesn't go home. Susses out that she doesn't need to play her idol, doesn't play the idol. I thought from a pure strategy perspective, Carolyn came out better than anybody. Hmm. I'm surprised uh, you didn't give it to your boy, Tyler. Tyler, I'm, I'm you know, giving an honorable mention to Tyler because I did think Tyler did a really good job. Because I felt like Carolyn... Um, she did manage to avoid elimination in this episode, but I felt like she didn't come away from the episode with a lot of power. Well, that's my that, but she's got the idol. I thought she did. I agree with you. I think that's a great way of actually thinking about it. Like, did she come away with, it, with a lot of power? Uh, and I think that Tyler is the one. Not only is he the swing vote, not only is he in a great position, yeah. uh, he also knows about the whereabouts of the idol. Yeah. And I feel like. Uh, you know, if he wants to, he could out Carolyn. Right. Um, he kind of was the kingmaker in this episode of deciding which side he was going to go with. Yeah. He, he has like, a, I did like Tyler's position in this episode. No, I like Tyler a lot. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I give honorable mention to Tyler. So. And I wonder, you brought it up early. I wonder if he's going to be the guy who has like the Spencer thing going on this season where he like talks up a big game of being the bad guy, yeah. but then ultimately is not how, that way on the show. I mean, that was sort of the vibe I got, like someone who really like knows the show, likes villains, but when he gets out there is like more concerned with playing a strong game and like not flying under the radar necessarily but not you know not doing stupid stuff okay yeah. uh we will see next week very excited for episode number two yeah. of survivor worlds apart we're going to be locked in here for months and months of coverage uh make sure you get in on this uh subscribe to the podcast here you're gonna thank us three months from now and say wow thanks for all the podcast guys uh go to robinswebsite.com slash itunes or uh, get yourself a Rob has a podcast app. Stephen Fishback, fantastic to be back here on a Wednesday. Yeah, you here. know it's great. It really is great. I feel like we picked up right where we left off. Boom, yeah, boom, boom. That's it. We talked about the one thing we talk about. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, one day, one day, hopefully, we'll get to talk about all this stuff. Yeah, we're good. I, I have so uh, many other things to talk to you about. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, Rob. All right, take care, everybody. Have a great night. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.
Survive and know it all